Supergirl Radio Rebirth, your source for the DC comic series called Supergirl Rebirth. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss and review Supergirl number 24, which was written by Mark and Draco with art penciled and inked by Steve Rude and Evan Shaner, or Shanner, and colored by Nathan Fairbairn, which I think I pronounced correctly, Fairbairn. Let me see. That uh, looks like Fair Fairbairn. Because fair and bear. Yeah, fair, fair, fair bairn. Fair bairn. It sounds like it sounds like you're saying care bear though, doesn't it? It's it's got that vibe to it. I want I want it to be care, care bear. bear. <laughs> Nathan, if you want to change your last name, we support you. <laughs> and Rebecca's a big fan of the care bear. I love a care bear. I love all the care bears. I love all the care bear cousins. Big <laughs> fan. Um, so the description for this issue reads, quote, Supergirl goes bar hopping in space. Hot on the trail of Rogel Czar, Supergirl is on the hunt for the Krypton killer's mysterious cohorts known as the Circle. That quest finds the Maid of Might kicking over rocks at a scuzzy intergalactic dive bar where she runs into ambush bug of all people. Not to mention a wretched hive of scum and villains who want to kill her too. But before Supergirl can track down Krypton's former location, her suit's yellow sun energy starts to run out, which is going to leave her gasping in the vacuum of space, unquote. Dun, dun, dun. That was such a great description. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Very creative. Lots of good wordplay there. Uh, The wretched hive of scum. and Although it should have been villainy. I feel like wretched hive of scum and villainy instead of villains. I don't. I, maybe they couldn't do that because it, you know, it's a, a Star Wars reference, so uh, they didn't want to completely <laughs> rip that off. But uh, good description this time yeah. around. Really, I mean, just a plus. Um, so the big premise of this issue is that Supergirl gets into a bar fight. Is essentially what happens for most of the issue. So, Morgan, what did you think about this intergalactic dive bar and Supergirl getting into some trouble? I thought it was fun. I thought it, it had a Star Wars vibe to it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I felt very like, we're in the cantina now. <laughs> uh, I love the, like, the um, I guess it was like sort of the alt cover where Supergirl and Crypto are sitting at the bar. Yes. Um, you know, if I had one person that i had to pick to go to the bar with i think i would also pick crypto i would be like listen pup you're with me but then i would like really like have to manage what he's drinking because what would he be drinking i mean water mostly i think maybe like a little squeeze of lemon in there just give him a little salt and some Listen, you shouldn't give your dogs alcohol. Uh, that pup does, uh, he's, a, he's a super pup, but I don't know about his uh, his liver. Is it a super liver? I don't know. Let's not find out. Uh, so I was disappointed when I got into the issue and discovered that Crypto is not actually at the bar. Well, he does he does participate in the fight. He does he does jump into that street fight uh, crypto has really been a really uh, good ride or die these last couple <laughs> issues because he seems to like show up for every single fight like she's like yo crypto and all of a sudden out of nowhere crypto leaps he is a good sidekick i mean that is his job is that he's just supposed to come and aid her when she needs him 
And so she does kind of most of the legwork, and then he just comes in and, you know, helps her out. So, yeah, he's he's being a good psychic. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, I was a little confused if I should, I like, should I know who this, um, like, person is that's on the stage? Okay, are you talking about Ambush Bug? Yes. Okay, let's talk about Ambush Bug. I wish we would. <laughs> yes. Because I'm disappointed for me personally because I I know like I knew of Ambush Bug and I knew he was a quirky character in DC Comics. And so when the description mentioned him, I got really excited. I was like, oh man, are we gonna get a supergirl ambush bug story? I was so pumped. Mm-hmm. And then you get into it and he shows up like in one Two, maybe three panels. I don't know. I didn't count them. Like he doesn't show up very much. He's not. He doesn't have that big of a role in in this story. And I was so bummed. So, uh, what I thought was really funny though, when I went to go uh, research ambush bug, you might and you might get get the most kick out of this description from dc.fandom.com. So I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> yes. read you what they wrote about the character of ambush bug. And, I'm ready. Uh, this is so good. <laughs> okay. So they say Ambush Bug is a well meaning but incompetent adventurer who vaguely fights crime and probably suffers from mental illness. His powers include teleportation and dumb luck, as well as awareness of the fourth wall. <laughs> Cheeks, the toy wonder, is his stuffed sidekick, and his arch nemesis is a sock named Argyle. Now, I'm going to spell this name to you. A R G H exclamation point capital Y L E. So I think that's supposed to be like Argyle, but I'm not really sure. So the description goes on. It says he has been a member of the Doom Patrol, the Amber Butane Corps, the Uh Oh Squad, and it's Wait, what's the Uh Oh Squad? <laughs> okay. Um, so let me uh, let me pull up the Uh Oh Squad. I thought you would enjoy that. Oh. Uh, when I clicked on the Uh Oh Squad on the fandom wiki, it says article Uh Oh Squad was not found. Oh my god, god. <laughs> they really missed a picture, uh, like a perfect opportunity to be like, Uh Oh, yes. <laughs> article not found. Oh well, that's disappointing. We'll never know what the Uh Oh Squad is. Oh my god, um, that's so funny. But uh, in continuing, so uh, he's a member of the Uh Oh Squad and a temporary <laughs> member of the Justice League. Formerly married to Dumb Bunny, this is a character. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry again. I'm sorry to keep interrupting. What? <laughs> okay. So Dumb Bunny, um, she is a character who uh, looks like a blonde chick with like a red bathing suit with long sleeves and then uh, like a belt and uh, bunny ears. So if you want to picture that, Dumb Bunny is a member of the Interior Five with super strength who is as strong as an ox and almost as intelligent. (laughs) Her parents are Princess Power of the Freedom Brigade and either Steve Tremor or Theo O'Day. So Hmm. I guess there's some parental uh, question there. Uh, she is (laughs) She is highly incompetent and heavily relies on her teammates to fight crime. Uh, So that's her deal. Uh, she was uh, first. <laughs> she first appeared in 1966. So, uh, Ambush Bug, formerly married to Dumb Bunny, they couldn't work it out. I don't know what happened. Um, Shocking. <laughs> it did not work out for them. Uh, but it said, "Okay, let me finish the sentence." Though it says, 
formerly married to Dumb Bunny, but he was drunk. So. What? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess. Wow. Ambushbug and Dumb Bunny must have uh, gotten hitched while he was intoxicated. And I guess they got an annulment. I don't know. I don't know the story. We're going to have to look this up because I don't know the full story about Ambushbug and Dumb Bunny. Um, but this is why I wish there was more Ambushbug in this issue. I mean, th- that was, was I feel like, more interesting than a lot of stuff that happened in the issue. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I want to know more about the sock arch nemesis named Argyle. That's, that's oh, it. Oh, me too. I want to know about the uh squad. I'm very intrigued. Um, but yeah, so Ambush Bug, he shows up. He's like a little comedian on stage, and he has a couple interactions with the bartender, and that's kind of it. Yeah, it was disappointing. But I thought the, some of the stuff with Supergirl and the way she did some of her investigating was uh, was unique. Like, I don't know if you interpreted this, uh, interpreted this scene this way, but it looked like Supergirl listens to Ambush Bug and the bartender bartender's heartbeats um as a as a lie detection that's exactly what i thought she was doing i thought that was cool i don't think i've ever thought about using super hearing in that way no i don't think so either because they you know kryptonians can use their super hearing to detect heartbeats to find out where people are i've seen that kind of thing happen before in different stories but I've never seen superheroing used as a lie detection. I thought that was very creative. Yeah, that was. I thought that was pretty cool, too. I was like, wait, what's she doing with it? It took me a minute. It, it really did. I'll have to be honest. I was like, wait, why Why are we looking at this? And then I noticed the, the, the lines going up and down. I was like, oh, okay. So I, I thought that that was pretty cool. There was a lot of good uses of superheroing in this issue, actually. There's an, another instance when she is looking for the the alien with the symbol on his hand, and she uh, uses her super hearing to, to find out where he is. Yeah, I thought it was really neat, the way that she used the super hearing. And I like that I'm trying to find the panel now, because the panel was really cool, too, where she's doing the super hearing. I think it's on page uh, nine, where it sort of shows her with like sort of the sonar... Um, waves coming off of her when she's trying to find the heartbeat. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I really like that page a lot, even though the uh, S-Shield is being covered up uh, once again by that again s- sashy <laughs> thing. Which, I don't know if you have any feelings on this, but I started to wonder if she was sort of, because there is one page, uh, one panel, mm, let me find it. There's a panel when uh, the bartender says something about she's wearing a Kryptonian crest. And I wondered if she was intentionally trying to cover part of it up so that nobody would recognize that she was a Kryptonian. Maybe. But, I mean, if she if that is indeed what she was trying to do, she wasn't doing a very good job because she had, like, <laughs> half of it out. It seems like an odd choice where it's like, I'm going to hide it. But not really. Yeah. Listen, I just I just got to be me. <laughs> well, and I guess if you wanted to if you wanted to avoid being exposed as a Kryptonian, why would you wear the the S shield at all? Yeah, exactly. That's that was sort of like why would you even put it on? 
it doesn't make any sense. Like, just don't wear it that day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just leave it. Just leave it in your closet. She's like, I can't. It's sort of my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm legally bound to do this uh, by DC Comics. So, um, yeah. So that that was the only thing I could think of in, to justify that costume and that choice with the sash. Um, and while we're in the bar, even though we didn't get to a lot of spend a lot of time with Ambush Bug, we did get to meet a new character that we've never met before. What did you think about? I'm pronouncing it as Zinder Cole. What did you think of him? Yeah, I I thought that he was an interesting character. I thought he's kind of like, sort of, I don't know. He he gave me like a little bit. So, so it was kind of a Star Warsy. Uh, issue and he kind of gave me a little bit of like a hand solo vibe. Yeah. He was like, I'm just here hanging out and getting caught in this um, in this bar fight. And then, he, you know, obviously he asks her for a favor. Basically, he asks for her for a ride. He's like, got that sweet ride. You want to, you know, <laughs> take me along? He seems like he's uh, pretty confident. He refers to himself as very handsome. So he's got that going for him. <laughs> yeah, he calls himself pretty easy on the eyes. I- I thought it was funny, though, because I thought that she was actually pretty mean to him. (laughs) Well, she was pretty dismissive. Yeah, she was, like, not interested (laughs) at all. But, I mean, she let him come along for the ride. So, I mean, that's that's nice of her. Well, and I think she only did that because he mentioned how the, the drives needed worked on, you know, needed working on. And he was very good with... Those kinds of things. So I think she really only brought him along because she thought, oh, well, maybe he can help out with the technology of the ship. So I think she was just kind of honestly kind of using him for that purpose. I don't think she really was being compassionate or anything like that. <laughs> she just she just needed his help with the ship. But I, I do think that it's, it's neat that um, they connected based on the fact that, you know, he, he talks about how he hasn't been with his family, his Kaluan family since infancy, and that uh, his family was killed, and uh, he himself was gravely injured, and he was adopted, and he wants to know more about the Kaluan colony, and he's, he basically says something like, you know, you can relate to that, and, and that's exactly Kara's story, is that she um, hasn't been with Crypt- Kryptonians since she was younger, and She's uh, since then been adopted, and she wants to know more about where she came from and the Kryptonians. And so I liked that, at least in the story, uh, the writing put Kara and this Zender character on a sort of equal playing field uh, character-wise so that they could connect on that level. So I I thought that that was really, uh, really well done. Yeah, I thought that that was interesting. Like, that's sort of where she turned a little bit on him like I don't know that before that she was like all that interested in like even having him like tag along and then when she realized that they did have something in common I think that's when we sort of see her I mean not that she's got much better of an attitude with him but it's a little bit better I think you're right that did turn turn help her turn the corner on uh, her decision about whether or not to bring him along because she's just met this this guy I mean, he helped her fight the bar fight, but she doesn't know him. So it is kind of weird that this strange guy, although I guess 
I could say this this is going to be a little weird, but he's a handsome looking character. That's true. You know, that's kind of weird. You know, people talk about their animated crushes or whatever. I feel (laughs) feel weird about that. But he's he's drawn, you know, to be good looking. Like he's got the goatee, he's got the great hair. He's sort of got like a a Monel season three beard, a little bit kind of vibe to him. (laughs) A little bit. He's got a good beard. He does. So he seems friendly enough, but is he too friendly? I don't know. So I I think you know, for me, if I was Car, I was like, I don't know you. We have never met. This is weird. Um, but you have a great beard. So I, I don't know. It's so I, I guess when you're Supergirl, I don't guess you have to worry too much about that kind of thing because you could just like throw him out into space. That's true. So if she had some goodbye. <laughs> yeah, if she had some problem with him, I think she could take care of herself. Um, so, uh, so I think he's a, he's an interesting character. He does sort of give off a little bit of a Han Solo vibe. He is. He is very confident and um, sure of himself, and he seems really friendly, and he's, he seems uh, like, you know, a, a different kind of character who is now interacting with Kara. I don't think we've seen her with anybody quite like this before, so um, so I'm very interested to see what happens with their, their uh, journey together, because it was a little awkward there at the end. There's those, like, four panels of crypto just walking by in the in the shot that was so funny i think that was like one of my favorite panels <laughs> yeah they, they don't really know what to say to each other it's a little awkward so i i think that that's uh, it's a good way to uh, visualize that well and speaking of some of the visuals did you have any favorite panels or pages from this issue so I think the panels that we just talked about where Crypto is walking behind them and they're trying to figure out something to say to each other. Like, I think that there's a one panel where it looks like he's trying to, like, think of something to say and, like, kind of opening his mouth, like, but then nothing comes out. <laughs> and then it's still more silence. Um, I liked the panel on page nine where she's listening to the heartbeats. Um, I really liked when she, like, pulls... A, the panel on page uh, 13 where she's fighting and you see sort of like her all over the panel, like hitting this person, hitting that person, hitting yeah. this person. <laughs> it's pretty cool. And you see crypto obviously in the background, like taking care of business. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Yeah. What, what did you think about how uh, Supergirl uh, admits that it feels good to fight people? I mean, I feel like she, in this issue uh, in general, she has some anger management issues. <laughs> like she's like, she's, really excited to hit people which is weird uh it's a little off and then she is like not that nice to this person who she just met um who she doesn't really have any like any reason to be negative towards in fact like he watched her kind of create a bar fight and almost got hit with a barrel in his face <laughs> and is still kind of like oh hey how are you doing and she was like don't talk to me like, <laughs> okay good to meet you too uh yeah i was i was a little um I don't know. I know that it's, she's right now in the arc. She's kind of 
angry and trying to figure out like what ha- really happened and sort of motivate it by vengeance. But it still feels like a weird some some weird character choices are going on for Supergirl, like that aren't maybe entirely earned. But uh, yeah, that was that was a weird line where I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit taken aback by it. But at the same time, there there have been iterations of Supergirl where she is a little brasher and a little more punch first, think about things later. Um, so I guess they're going with that version of the character a little bit. And um, I did think that there was, I think it's on page 10, there's a panel where she is thinking to herself and, and asking, what would Cal do in this situation? Maybe try to reason with them. Use violence as a last resort. But you know what? I'm not Cal. And so I like that uh, these these last couple of issues have done a good job of distinguishing Supergirl from Superman. So I, I think in in a way, I kind of like that she's a little more punchy-punchy um, <laughs> than maybe Superman would be, because uh, it does set her apart from him. Supergirl has always been a little bit more, like, hot-headed than Superman. So I do think that that's really interesting, that, that that's, they're sort of um, highlighting that. Yes. Um and I guess for me, uh, I did like the use, even though I, I've, I still have a, a big problem with that sash thing that dangles in front of Supergirl's legs. Oh, it's so annoying. The whole sash thing is very weird. <laughs> yeah, it made a comeback again in this issue, and it was just as bad. But I liked the use of the hood in this one. Because it made sense that she would want to disguise her face a little bit, that she would want to keep uh, a secret about who she was, and it gave her a little bit of uh, an air of uh, mystery uh, while she was asking questions and trying to get information. So even though I didn't like part of the costume, I like the hood. I think the hood makes sense. Yeah, I think the hood was functional, like... I could understand why the hood existed. I still don't know why the sash is there. Uh, It's just going to be a mystery that I think we're just going to have to accept, uh, much like Eliza Danvers' missing right hand. Um, uh, I guess in continuing with the art, uh, I I found myself a little bit frustrated with, uh, well, and this isn't directly art-related, but it is part of the image. Um, The Kryptonese... In this issue, even though I like that it actually spelled things out, it spelled things out that didn't need to be spelled out. <laughs> um, so like on page 12, there's a bottle at the uh, the bottom of the page, and it, it says beer on it. It's like, okay, well, I could kind of figure out that that's probably a bottle of beer. So I don't know that you need, but I guess it's a label on a bottle. I guess it had to have something there. But then on that uh, that alternate that variant cover that you were talking about with Crypto and Supergirl in the bar, there is a sign that says "parking" in English, and then it has Kryptonese, and it says "parking" in Kryptonese. So it's like a redundant use of Kryptonese, I guess, is what I'm complaining about. Um, so, but I'm I'm at least glad that the Kryptonese in this actually makes sense because I can't say that that has been the case. Uh, for the the entire run of this series. So I'm very glad for that. Um, 
I would like to point out on page 12, um, there, there is also a very big orangey alien with yellow eyes on the right side of the, the big splash page. And I thought it looked um, a, like a Ben 10 alien. I don't know if you're familiar, Morgan, with Ben 10. Um, but Ben 10 has this little watch he calls the Omnitrix, and he can change the, the parts of the watch, watch, and he hits the watch, and he becomes an alien. Um, so I, he, he looked like a Ben 10 alien, and so I put it out on Twitter, like, can anybody help me figure out what this is? Because he, he looked familiar to me. And uh, so I, I want to give a shout-out to user at Vermouth1991 uh, for helping me figure out who that big orangey creature is. And uh, he correctly recognized it as the Preserver from Superman the Animated Series. Uh, so I think that is definitely an homage to the Preserver from uh, Superman the Animated Series. So good catch. Oh. Um, that was very good. So maybe that's where I knew him from. Uh, I see he's the, that creature does sort of look like a Benton alien, but I think maybe memories of Superman, the animated series were cropping up in my brain. Um, I also had a lot of questions about the art on page 16. Uh, I don't know if you want to help me, uh, pitch a, a, like a TV show for this. Um, but there is a character on page 16 who is sort of <laughs> kneeling, who is yes. who is kneeling down and has a t-shirt on. And there's a character, like a character face on the t-shirt. And it's like a little, it almost looks not Mickey Mouse-ish, maybe Mighty Mouse? Yeah, it's it's got a mouse look. It's got like little antenna. I think there are two different TV shows that we can pitch with this character. <laughs> Okay. And one is the TV show of the character on the, the T-shirt. And that TV show, I think this character sort of flies around in like a ch- a, a spaceship that's, sh- that's shaped like a cheese wheel. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and, and I think what he is is like um, a cross between Mickey Mouse and Anthony Bourdain where he just goes to different planets <laughs> and he eats food. Yeah. He eats <laughs> It's not all cheese based, but some of it is. It's favorite, <laughs> uh, and he just like really reviews like reviews the culture, and then at like at the end of it, he's like, "That's all, folks." <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then there's another TV show with this character, which is darker, and it's about the guy who is like um, has the the T-shirt on. It's about him starting a cult based on <laughs> Supergirl. <laughs> because he's immediately on his knees saying all hail the axe queen and so it becomes like the axe queen cult where they like they all like worship axes and there's like a statue of, of supergirl holding the axe and then they do axe throwing contests for like their feats of strength <laughs> so i think that there's a lot of different angles we can take this <laughs> does turd golden axe show up i mean i Ink turn golden axe like shows up and is like, oh really? You want to see this? And then they, and then that is the point where the cult splits off into two cults, <laughs> <laughs> and then it becomes they become warring cults, and uh, it starts like a whole thing. <laughs> That's season two, Rebecca. You just, you just season two. Spoiler alert. 
Um, well, thank uh, you for that because I was very curious about that T-shirt. I mean, well, thank you for pointing out the T-shirt. I was just laughing about the guy immediately, like <laughs> immediately going to like, I have a new god now. <laughs> <laughs> but the T-shirt is great because, like, that is it does look like a. Um, it's got a certain like Mickey Mouse ish quality to it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think uh, someone should uh, make that comic of the Anthony Bourdain traveling <laughs> space mouse who eats cheese, and then also the uh, warring cult uh, factions. I think those comics need to be written. Um, I I thought the um, this issue did a really good job of using silhouettes. Uh, I, I especially liked on page 17 where you see Zender looking at Supergirl and Crypto as they're leaving. Um, I really liked that. I thought the use of silhouette in, in this one was really, really um, effective and very uh, poignant in a way because uh, it's almost a very sad image of Supergirl and Crypto walking out of the 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 scene, out of the bar. Um, and it, it just, it sort of, I don't know, it sort of makes me feel down like it's, like it's sad that they're going. Um, so I, I don't know. I thought it was very emotional, the the use of s- silhouette here. Um, and also there are some really small touches that I really enjoyed, like the, the T-shirt with the, the character on it. And also on page 18, I, I had so much fun just kind of looking at all the background stuff that was going on um, because it was so detailed. Uh, like on page 18, Crypto, it... He gets. It looks like he gets distra- distracted by this little alien bird, and I just enjoyed that so much because that felt very character correct for Crypto to stop while Supergirl is uh, handling business and to be distracted by a bird. I enjoyed that uh, thoroughly. Yeah, that is really funny. I mean, he's still he's still a dog. Um, and I did have a question for you because I felt really stupid. Because when Supergirl goes out to, and, and she, she says, oh, the charging station, I thought she was going to charge her ship. But instead, she just charged herself. She charged <laughs> herself. I felt so dumb because there's a panel where she's got this thing hooked up to her wrist. And I was like, oh, no, she's charging herself to get more <laughs> yellow sun energy. I felt so dumb. Even though there's a, like an image of a sun on there. They couldn't have made it clearer to me, but I still (laughs) misinterpreted it. So I was glad that the art put it in there to help me uh, clarify things for myself because I felt stupid. Yeah, I was a little confused with the whole, like, sun power-up aspect of it, (laughs) of her suit. Like, that... It ran low, but she could, but there were just, like, what was there, just sun power stations? Like, it just seemed, how many people really get powered up by the sun? It's like, um, it's like if there was only one Tesla on the road, but there were still, like, a bunch of power stations for it. (laughs) It just feels like a strange thing that they would just have them around. It's very convenient. How convenient for Supergirl. How convenient for Kryptonians that that would be there. I don't know, maybe other ships run on sunlight or yellow suns. Because it's, it's very specifically a yellow sun. Yeah. Yeah, so she does charge up herself. Um, and I guess uh, before we go, I should uh, should mention, because I forgot to mention it earlier, that um, 
Speaking of Supergirl and her uh, abilities from the Yellow Sun, um, Zinder Cole notes that Supergirl fights with the techniques Torchasm Rao and Aklukor, Chlorcore. Um, and I that that seemed familiar. The Chlorcore uh, seemed like a familiar term to me, and uh, when I looked it up. It was, uh, I, I had it in my Google Docs. It was mentioned in Sterling Gates's Who is Superwoman? Uh, and I very specifically put in my notes, page 118, Supergirl says, I know first level chlorocore, uh, which is ah. a Kryptonian fighting technique. So, um, yeah, so speaking of Yellow Sun and, and the powers and uh, her fighting ability, uh, I just wanted to mention that before I forgot um, but yeah, I thought the the art in this issue was great. Even the last page of them coming up on the, the on you know I guess what is left of Krypton, uh, just a really really uh, powerful image because Krypton and the the remnants though the I guess the Kryptonite meteorites, uh, everything uh, uh, part of that image is so big, and the ship is so tiny, and it just gives that really good. Uh, use of perspective there uh that i th- i thought was very um very well done well i guess that's going to do it for our thoughts on the art do you have any overall thoughts morgan did you, did you like this issue did you not like this issue what'd you think i like the issue i thought it was it was pretty fun i thought you know supergirl getting into a bar fight in space was kind of a fun uh concept and obviously crypto is still around so i'm still loving that <laughs> uh but i feel like it was a little bit of like a wheel spinning issue where like not that much happened i think it's maybe setting up some stuff for the future issues um so i'm kind of more interested to see where it's going right now than like to actually like live where we are i i guess if that makes any sense like it seems like we're going somewhere like interesting or maybe like dark but right now it just kind of seems like they're spinning some wheels yeah i think that's a good point it did seem like a transition point in the story but she did a supergirl did accomplish something she did end up with another stone she's she's on her way to collecting them all Uh, she'll have all of them soon gotta catch them all (laughs) she's got two now uh, so I don't know exactly how many she has to catch, uh, but she is already, um, she's she's on a roll. She's got two now. Um, so that was an accomplishment that she she did come away with some information, but now she still has more questions. So it does seem like it's just kind of part of uh, getting us to the next phase. Uh, but yeah, I, I like this story. I, I personally enjoyed Supergirl getting into a bar fight. I enjoyed all the creatures and all the, the different uh, aliens who are in the bar and getting to see uh, a different atmosphere. I, I kind of like Supergirl in space. It's it's been a lot of fun for me to see that. Um, so I, I I enjoyed this one. And I thought the art was very good, uh, especially. So um, yeah, so I like this one a lot. Um, well, I guess that's going to do it for our thoughts on Supergirl number twenty four. If you've already picked up this issue, make sure to give it a rating in Comixology or your DC Comics app. And if you haven't bought it yet, Supergirl number twenty four is available in the DC Comics app, the Comixology app, as well as Comixology.com, Google Play, the Nook Store, Amazon, and at ReadDCEntertainment.com. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at SupergirlRadio.com. You can email us at SupergirlRadio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252 and make sure to do 
that before Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, where we also have a Spotify musical playlist that uh, includes music featured on and inspired by the show. Uh, you can check us out on Radio Public and Podchaser. We are also on a DC Span page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. We are available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio, so if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And you can find all of the links to everything I just mentioned on supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page. And now we throw it over to Richard for the DC TV plugs. Oh, yeah, this is the Macho Man Randy Savage, and I'm here to tell you that Supergirl Radio is a part of the DC TV Podcast Network. So if you like other shows on their network, like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Batwoman, Titans, Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing, Stargirl, and don't forget the classic DC TV shows. You can subscribe to all this on DC TV Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, and follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter. And like DC TV podcasts on Facebook. Oh yeah, dig it! You can follow me on Twitter at Derby Kid and Instagram at the Derby Kid. I am a contributor to JLU Podcast, which you can find over at JLUniverse.Podomatic.com. And I also do a little voice acting on a podcast called The Fakest. I'm about to record the last two episodes of the season it's a big like two-parter um this is season two is about to wrap up some really i mean the fakest always has crazy things happening at kcom studios but like it's gonna get really crazy uh so i'm very excited to uh to hear these last two episodes once we get everything recorded because it's it's going to be tons of fun, so you should check it out. Um, that's fakest with an I. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. You can also find me on the as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. We recently did a live show, um, uh, which was posted to, I believe, the DC TV um, YouTube channel. It was actually a like video show. I don't. I think there's a probably a better word for it than that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, so if you were like, what does what do the, what does Morgan and Amy and Cat look like, and you haven't been on any of our Instagrams or anything like that, you can see us now. Like you can see us in person, um, it, it, like talking to each other. Uh, <laughs> it, it was pretty. It was actually pretty fun, especially since like as usual we um we told people the wrong time to be there (laughs) where it was like i think i think we initially communicated it was gonna be like at two in the afternoon and i was like wait what i work um so so then it had to be like obviously at night and we it was surprising we had people show up at all i'm always (laughs) surprised that people managed to find us despite our best efforts (laughs) um but it was a really fun show so we're thinking about doing another one of those during this uh very very long hiatus um we're gonna try to be more consistent now i know those are famous last words (laughs) (laughs) 
we're we're planning on having another one at the recording another one at the end of the month so hopefully there should be one more episode for september and one for october so we start going monthly again like we promised we would months ago Um, and then also you can find me, uh, as one of the voice act actresses on the fakest. I haven't, uh, I'm not sure what exactly what episode I'm going to be on. So I can't like drop that knowledge on you. So you should probably just listen to them all. Well, I think that's going to do it for us, but, uh, thanks for joining us as we read Supergirl Rebirth. (laughs) 